Welcome to Rhymes Day Podcast. This month, we begin our journey through a new theme, Processing Our Pain, Tribute to PTSD Month. Just a few decades, actually in the 1980s, PTSD was actually defined as an illness that doesn't derive from human weakness. This was one quote from Eric Jartians. No one escapes pain, fear, and suffering. Yet from pain can come wisdom, from fear can come courage, from suffering can come strength, if we have the virtue of resilience. This idea of, that we can process pain can shape the kind of healing we may receive in the long run is part of the theme topic we're going to be addressing today. Today we have a new guest. Uh, if I butcher your name, I'm sorry. Kel- is it Kelsey? Uh, Kelsey? Yes. Uh, okay, Kelsey, thank you for coming on and sharing your insight with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I sure appreciate it. Well, before I always begin, I have a disclaimer. If you are in crisis, please seek appropriate professional help. Immediately, the crisis hotline in the United States is 1-800-273-8255, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I'm going to share a quote because people have said it better than I. I know I shared one before, but this one's a little shorter, I promise. It says, true self-discovery begins where your comfort zone ends. Adam Ron. What comes to mind when you hear this quote? It reminds me of EMDR therapy, which is a special kind of therapy that is used for treating post-traumatic stress. It involves going to the throat of the trauma first, the Mm. very worst of it, and then working your way backwards. And, uh, you know, you have to step outside of that comfort zone to be able to heal. Yeah. And, um, what um of those who don't know what emdr therapy what um, i know you explained some of that what was your experience doing the emdr therapy how long was it for you um it's still ongoing Hmm. um you know i've been doing it since probably august of 2021 okay um just going starting at the worst of my trauma and then working my way back because there's um there's some, there's PTSD and then there's complex PTSD mm. where you have sustained trauma for a significant amount of time that causes, you know, so there's layers. It's like an onion, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like Shrek. You're peeling back the layers with EMDR. Yeah. Um, and it has been worth it. It's been very freeing for me and it's made it so that I can help other people. Well, I'm saying this also because I'm actually going through MDR therapy myself. Yeah. So, so you know, um, it's it's um, you know it it's different for everyone. They have different uh, modalities of doing it. Sometimes they have. I'm actually doing it online. Well, with my therapist over the computer with a program, which actually it's not as bad as it sounds. It actually is working pretty well. So I am I am benefiting from it. So. Okay. Um, I want to ask you, would you mind sharing? I know a lot of times I get guests here and I, I, I always appreciate it's, you know, you're coming out here, you're, you're being vulnerable, you're sharing. So I want to, would you mind sharing a little bit about your story and why is it important to remember PTSD? You know, mental health was, is may and it gets more of the attention, but PTSD is a huge part of what's going on and what people are experiencing. So what would you like to share? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my story that really triggered my PTSD is the story of my daughter, Hope. Uh, At 17 weeks pregnant, we found out that the daughter that I was carrying, Hope, had osteogenesis imperfecta type 2, which is the lethal version of brittle bone disease. So all the bones in her body were broken. Her ribs were breaking in on her heart and her lungs, and her condition was actually threatening my life as well. And because of that, my husband and I made the difficult decision at 18 weeks to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it wasn't an easy decision. You know, this was a baby that we wanted, but at the same time, she was suffering, threatening my life. I had a three-year-old son already and had a mm-hmm. husband at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just, it was an impossible choice for a parent and we had to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the PTSD comes from a lot of the challenges that, um, you know, that are regulations that they put around abortion clinics, mm-hmm. like asking me six times if I wanted to do it. And it's like, did I really want to be there doing it? No, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it was a necessity at that time. Mm-hmm. They also had um, to do with the fact that they don't anesthetize you all the way um, Mm. because you're not in a hospital, um, Mm. you're in a clinic. They give you something called midazolam, which is supposed to help you forget the procedure and make Mm. you sleepy. But unfortunately, every time I fell asleep, I'd stop breathing. Mm -hmm. So they'd have to keep waking me up. So I remember all of the procedure. Mm. I remember seeing my daughter's body being you know it was unfortunately in really bad shape from the disease that she had and you know it was incredibly painful and that's where my PTSD um, stemmed from that and my husband was also not allowed in the room for the last part of the procedure either um, because of government regulations so I didn't have my traditional support system there with me Um, so it was a very hard time a very hard situation and it caused it precipitated my post-traumatic stress disorder I know a lot of people talk about military experiences Mm -hmm. and and things like that but uh, the loss of a child is is one that's not talked about very often I really appreciate you sharing that um, because a lot of times, you know, trauma comes in all forms. I think with COVID that we went through, a lot of people lost loved ones. Uh, one of my closest friends lost. Um, he actually been on the podcast. He lost his father on Christmas oh. Day. Uh, one of his <sighs> fav- favorite days. I used to laugh because he was like Elf. Like when it gets close, he's like, "It's like September. We need to get ready for Christmas." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. With that being said, it was it was hard, but he's one of my closest dear friends, and I, you know, the loss is you know traumatic. You know, I can't imagine that um, how we process through pain in in the past. And I want to ask you, how have you processed now that you're you're doing EMDR therapy? What has worked and what has not? When it comes to processing your pain, moving forward, you know, it's, 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 it's a journey. So what, what, what has worked and what has Unfortunately, you? what hasn't worked is been um, 
reaching for spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right after she died, we reached out to seven churches to get her ashes blessed or like mm-hmm. get her prayed over, yeah, something like that. And all because she was a, a baby as a result of abortion, all seven churches said no. Mm-hmm. And so that put a lot of distance between me and God for a while. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've since, you know, found, found my way back cautiously, mm-hmm. but that, that hasn't worked as much. There's some people that it works so great for and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, EMDR has worked like a charm for me. Um, what also has worked for me as well is uh, last year I actually did my own kind of narrative therapy mm. and I wrote a book about my experience with abortion called Face Everything and Rise and it talks not only about the procedure but it also talks about experiencing PTSD because of my experience with the churches I actually didn't seek help for about two months mm-hmm. and so the flashbacks were just raging, 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 and I didn't mm. know it was wrong. I thought I was just losing my mind. And, um, you know, finally my, my husband reached out to a, psych- or a psychologist and said, hey, my, my wife needs help. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think the first session was an hour and 30 minutes mm-hmm. because it was just divulging all of the, the stuff that I've been keeping inside me. And so therapy has helped, but um, writing the book about that process and mm-hmm. what it took to um, to face all of the things and rise mm-hmm. um, has been has been incredibly healing, as well as um, for me, you know, the trigger of the trauma is the procedure. And so in October of 2021, I actually went to the Women's March. Mm-hmm. And um, for the Women's March, I carried a sign that talked about my daughter, Hope, and and I, my, my story on a sign. And, you know, people came up to me and embraced me and hugged me and prayed with me and just loved on me and it really finding that community people letting me be able to tell my story really made the difference and Uh yeah and from that i decided to find um from the green desk yeah and we'll get to you know it's one the the book um all the information those who are listening will be in the notes so if you want to check it out later you can I also want to say um, thank you for being just honest with this whole. It's hard. Church, I know churches, um, unfortunately, have hurt a lot of people. I, I'm I'm of the faith, but I know it has. So it's it's, it's sometimes we there's a lot of shouldn'ts, um, a lot of shame when it comes around. It's like what did I do wrong? But one thing about I want to tell because well, the name Revive Ministries kind of pr- promotes the idea of you know faith based. It, it I, I it does not proselytize. Uh, Revive Ministries does not proselytize, but does encourage our guests to share hope. The idea is this: as a medical missionary, you go to another country, they usually bring like stuff, like supplies, you know, medication and stuff. I just try to provide a safe place to be heard. 
That's all. Continue yeah. the dialogue. I really like what you were saying because when I was hearing all this, I was thinking a lot of times we value is a lot of times not valued. <laughs> boundaries are a lot of times not we don't put boundaries. Um, whatever is uniquely, you know, I work in the mental health field, so a lot of times we talk about supportive, support, um, protect, uh, supportive resources, you know, whatever that looks like. You know, um, sometimes mm-hmm. coping skills. If you like fishing. Go fishing, you know. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> yeah. it is. It's, it's 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 not just one thing. Some people like group settings when it comes to support groups. Some people don't. Um, you gotta find what is your niche. And I I do appreciate you just being candid and honest because a lot of times we just we kind of say what we think other people want us us to say. Um, it's hard and it's a process, but I do appreciate you sharing that. And tell us more about this. Now you talked about the green is the green desk. Is it, was it? Uh, was, from the green desk from the green desk can you share a little yes. bit about that yes so if you tell in the background i work literally from a green desk um i wrote a book from a green desk mm-hmm. and um what the it's a up-and-coming nonprofit uh where we provide coaching as well as group therapy and narrative meditation to people who have had abortions lost pregnancies, lost babies, or lost children. Sorry, my dogs are no, that's okay. barking in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're able to, through these different alleys, we hope to eliminate something that I call the silent scream, mm-hmm. which is the stigma that comes with these losses, because unfortunately with these losses and with post-traumatic stress, people just don't want to talk about it. And a lot of that repression, a lot of that, you know, bottling up is what causes a deepening of the pain. And so mm-hmm. we, we try to unmute the silent screen. It's, you know, it's interesting. A lot, some, you know, sometimes I hear people, oh, I'm going to go on this trip because I'm miserable here. <laughs> well, you're taking <laughs> yep. your, you're taking yourself over there too. So it's 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 prudent i would say it is wise to consider your own self-care when it comes to if you're not happy here um chances are you won't be happy elsewhere so i do encourage those people who are listening find what resources are out there um there's just one word my wife has this book it's untranslatable words in other languages <laughs> i'm gonna butcher this <laughs> word it's, it's harath it's in welsh it says a homesickness of somewhere you cannot return to the nostalgia and grief from the lost places of your past places that never were it's interesting when we go to our schools oh. how um how we kind of get stuck in what we think and our, our our memory can be a little skewed or highly skewed and can be problematic when we're looking at recovery or how we process pain so i find this harassed word kind of weird because how would you define a word that way it's so specific but vague at the same time (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um i just want to you know i really um want to ask you well you know the idea of we're talking about um you told about your story and I, I want to ask you, uh, just progressing forward, what have been some notable elements that changed the way you looked at the pain you went through to be where you are today? Writing it out. Mm. Honestly, the, the narrative therapy 
portion of it um, where I was able to just get it, like release it out of me and onto paper out into the universe mm-hmm. um, has been incredibly freeing. You know, I felt even though it's obviously a story that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life, I mm-hmm. felt the weight pull off of me in pieces, which yeah. was incredibly freeing. And again, the, the EMDR, um, you know, being able to re-establish feelings or kind of turn the volume down on yeah. the flashbacks mm-hmm. has been a game changer for me. Um, even with everything going on at the new, in the news right now and everything going on that could be triggering for me, I'm able to turn this pain this ball of grief into a new ball of light for other people and i think that's incredibly powerful and it would if it wasn't for writing it out and for emdr i wouldn't be in that place to be able to help other people and you know the one thing is i just remember before covid i was doing events in where i live near florida like doing little little events had you know people speak and someone told mm-hmm. me you know you should do a podcast i'm like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> do a podcast <laughs> and i remember i had like a gaming headset i was just trying at the beginning but mm-hmm. i was consistent my whole theme was uh stories of recovery it was my first like kind of and then uh, one thing that i re- recognized that it's cathartic. I, you know, I used to share my story a bit more, but it's also the whole essence of sharing. You know, the idea of sharing. Yeah. Support groups, why do they exist? You know, you have four women who may be domestically abused. They go and they share their story to each other. They feel better and they do better, but nothing on paper says they should <laughs> feel better or do better. Mm-hmm. So there's something about it, whether you're faith based or not. I find there's something about connections that matter. You know, we're not islands. Yeah. Uh, it's very apparent through this COVID how much we miss things. I remember going to the store and just feeling this tension to get out. And that's something I felt we, I lost when COVID happened because we couldn't do n- much of anything. So I think um, I want to ask you one other question. And I also, um, is there anything you would like to say? To those listening who is struggling right now and feel to feel any hope and want to avoid anything and everything, you know, so it's it's incredible sometimes. Some people might laugh, um, but that we do anything at all, like the fact that some people just show up, I'm just very happy because <laughs> we can we can make so many excuses not to do anything right now. It's That's amazing. True. It's a like you could say I work from home and I get everything delivered. You know, and yep. then you don't it close off. But what would you want to share, say to the, someone listening, struggling right now? Maybe they're on that cusp, but they feel, uh, and right now, and they feel like they want to avoid anything and everything. What would you share with them right now? Um, have a battle buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that is a spouse or a best friend or a coworker that you're close with have someone else that's willing to say hey remember to put your oxygen mask back on because (laughs) because you forgot to do that yesterday and you're looking a little winded like (laughs) you you know for me you know during these times it was my husband and my 
best friend who um who I've always called my battle buddy because we did search and rescue together. Mm-hmm. And between those two, they were on me like, when's the last time you showered? Mm-hmm. Did you shower? <laughs> did you use soap? <laughs> like, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was in my darkest times, um, they were there to make sure that, you know, there was, you know, one step was taken in front of the other and for those that don't necessarily have that support system find one um you know go to group therapy go to group counseling aa whatever you need to to find um find that support system and even though it might sound scary all you need to do is take that first step. You don't necessarily need to say anything your first time. You mm-hmm. don't need to share everything if you don't want to. But taking that first step is everything. I think sometimes that we give ourselves a little grace. You know, these things, if, yeah. especially if these problems been going on for years, um, sometimes we're too quick that we want it done tomorrow or yesterday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, I, and sometimes it just boils down to how we see ourselves. It plays yeah. a bigger role on how we approach conflict and disappointment. You know, the idea is, do we look at this disappointment as, oh my goodness, I messed up, I messed up, I don't deserve anything. Or do we look at this, oh, that didn't work out, let me see how I could do it next. Or or, or you might be tired and you're just like, oh, it didn't work out, and you just struggle. But you say, and then you get up and you show up the next day. And it's one of those things, the battle buddy, I like that idea because... A lot of times, even in the military, you have your, you have, you know, the buddy system. You have that idea yep. that um, some days you'll, you'll be lucky to get out of bed and do what you normally do. You, you, you could go five steps forward and then seven steps backwards. But the idea is that you keep going. <laughs> you know, yeah. I say this laughing, but it's, it's something that makes me really, it's so simple, but sometimes we don't allow ourselves the ability to say, you know what? Today was an awful day but I'm going to try again tomorrow. And I think sometimes when we view ourselves differently, when we think that there's another day, it, it does give us that little energy. I want to share with those again who are in crisis. If you need immediate help, especially in the United States, this is the number 1-800-273-8255. I do not minimize the despair that some people may be facing right now. Um, but I do want to encourage you just to you know like what kelsey said what we've been speaking of find a resource find something whether it's a support group whether it's a church group whatever works for you whether it's just your friends whether it's just doing music whatever it is find something that you gravitate to any final thoughts you want to share with those listening today we're gonna add all your notes so they can find out more about from the green desk right and then also um, about your book. So anything you want to share with those listening? Don't wait to get help. Um, I waited for two months and it was the darkest two months of my life. Um, And I came very close to it not being a life anymore. Don't wait. Get help now. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for joining us. The discussion, this discussion, I want it to continue. One thing I always say the way I feel I'm doing good in podcasts is getting returning guests. So don't feel surprised if you get an email from me on the time this year. <laughs> All right. But uh, I want to say to those who are listening, 
always stay uh, updated with Revive Ministries by the website, ReviveMinistriesFL.com. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, but you can find all those links on the website. This is goodbye from Revive Ministry Podcast. Leaving with the last quote from Neil Strauss. It says, people go through so much pain trying to avoid pain.